nice that we're doing this on this dark and stormy night. Adds nice. a certain level of theatrics to it, which I appreciate. Yes, the setting is just right. It's just right. I might even like throw in a little bit of like thunder and just the background, just you know. Mm-hmm. Because if you're listening to this, don't look behind you. You better not. Are you in the car? You should probably keep your eyes on the road. (laughs) Don't look in the mirror. There's a little girl in a white nightgown with her hair over her face. She's in the car. And you don't know why. She doesn't either. She screams. And you scream. We all scream for ice cream. For ice cream. (laughs) I was waiting for the punchline. Baskin Robbins. 31 flavors. (laughs) That's our sponsor, folks. Oh, boy. Well, welcome to the Zeitgeist Podcast. My name is Greg. My name is... Nick, and we're doing a new a new series today that I've been I've been kicking the idea around like a like a little like a little soccer ball, and I think now's the time to actually take it somewhere. I'm gonna start a series on cryptids. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really into I'm really into it. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I'm into the stuff that's just on the edge of the explainable animals that like. Let's be real. I'm not going to talk about like what did you say, Dong Man? That's probably not going to yeah, be Dong an episode. Man. <laughs> yeah, Dong Man. But I'm I am gonna I am gonna go into uh, animals that like there's some evidence, but we don't really know what the heck it is because that's that's what pushes science forward, man. Like old Bigfoot, like, old Sachi. Like old Bigfoot, you know. And that's today's episode. You just spoiled it. I'm gonna end it here. Wow. Well, no, well, it's not. It's of not. Of course, like it, you got to start a cryptid. Ep- I'm you got to start a cryptid series with. The biggest the, the big of them foot. all, the, the big, the big foot, the big foot. You can't start without the big foot. Yeah, but I am going to start without the big gotta foot. Put the big I've, foot down. I got, <laughs> I got a different cryptid. Got it's your one, best big foot forward. So this is actually this is a cryptid that is a lot less famous. A lot of you guys may have never heard of it. It's not like a chupacabra. It's not like little big foot. It's not little foot. Tiny. Um, foot. It's not <laughs> just the, a itsy foot. bitsy teeny weeny foot. Just the foot I have. Just, yeah, just the big toe. <laughs> It's not, it's not any of those that you might have heard of before. This one comes from 18th century France, and it's Ooh. the Beast of Javaldon. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't care. <laughs> so what, what we're going to do is for the Cryptid series, it's mainly going to be just stories, because that's all we've got is encounters with cryptids, encounters with creatures that are unexplainable. Um, and uh, this is one of the more exciting ones, I think, so I thought it would be a good one to start with. So... Um, if you would cue my background music, please. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. So, I'm going to set the stage. <clears throat> the year is 1764. In late April, possibly early May, Marie-Jean Vallée was out tending to the bulls in the pasture. She was encountered by this creature she had never seen before, and she was about to be attacked, but the bulls themselves actually protected her. And all she could say to describe it was it was like a wolf, but not a wolf. A dog. This creature, in fact, was the beast of Javadon. Fast forward a month later, June 30th, 1764. Jean Boulet was out tending her sheep in the field. The beast approached her, and she became the first victim. <laughs> a month later, a 15-year-old girl was killed, and a few weeks after that, a teenage boy was also dead. In September, a woman in her 30s was killed and half-eaten just outside her home around nightfall. The beast was too quick. The woman was too slow. 
In September, there were three other killings. And the killings continued, and fear continued to go across the countryside of Javadon. Now, for, for clarity's sake, this was not one city. It was a rural area with several villages. Uh, is what it, it, I don't think it's called Javadon anymore. Like the, the area still exists, obviously, but it's, it's a different part of it's got a different name in France now. But this is just a small community in the 1700s of people that are beginning to be more and more aware of a creature that continues to stalk them and kill them and pick them off one by one. And that creature is man. <laughs> There's a theory here. Oh, oh. So after September, uh, there were many reports of what this creature actually looked like and uh, how they were, how they might describe it so that people would know to look out for it. And so uh, as they described it is that it looked like a wolf, but the fur was was rust-colored, so to speak. Okay. Uh, it had a black stripe along its spine, a shorter snout, and a tufted tail, and supposedly gigantic talons and a gigantic head. And this is how the beast was described. Throughout the fall, the killings continued. The countryside was terrified, and word spread through all of France as newspapers reported on each new victim of the beast. How big was this thing? Did uh, it say? We, we don't know exact weight, but it was larger than a typical wolf. Okay. Um, if it even were a wolf. Because it sounds like a weird, messed up fox. Uh, no, much bigger than that. Okay. Big, basically big enough that th- this 30-year-old woman was trying to, like, she was coming back home by nightfall, and she tried to make it back to her house, but she couldn't make it because the beast was able to pounce on her and eat oh. her, like, eat half of her. Oh, my God. Like, this is, this is not a small creature. So... Uh, as newspapers were reporting on each new victim, everybody just got more and more scared, and all of France was aware of it. By November, so many people had been killed that the government of France enlisted the infantry captain Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, okay. which is spelled like Duhamel, Duhamel, Josh Duhamel. <laughs> Josh Duhamel went. Um, Save us all. To, uh, to hunt and kill the beast. With, I don't know, man, Duhamel, Duhamel, French, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I always do the French ones. With Duhamel on the hunt, two children found their mother's body half-eaten. He ordered them not to bury her yet in hopes that the beast would return and finish eating the rest of the corpse. After patrolling for two days, there was no sign of the beast. Since the beast seemed to prefer women and children, he actually dressed his men in wigs and skirts. He did. Really? And they went to herd sheep and cattle, but after 18 days, and they tried this in several villages, uh, they still found nothing. They're just out there, I'm a little girl! Basically that. Herding my sheep. They la, were la, hoping la. to lure the beast to them so that they could they could kill it on sight, but uh, it didn't fall for their tricks. It didn't fall for the men in little girls' clothing. I just like imagine like a Looney Tune style, like when Bugs Bunny dresses up like the hot girl to it's, distract it's the like guard. It's yeah. Like, Ooh, I'm a hot little lady. I'm I hope a, a big creature doesn't come and eat me. I'm a tasty little number. Yeah. Nope. Didn't happen. But through winter. Duhamel decided if he couldn't trap the beast, he was going to hunt it. So he got villagers and he expanded the search. They all dressed up as little girls. And they all dressed as little girls. No, no. They just went out into the woods basically to scour the entire countryside. They were going to check every square inch to find this thing. And uh, the call was heard in uh, February 7th of 1765. 20,000 people set out to search the uh, region. That's a lot of people. All, all villagers and people like Duhamel's men. Um, so as they continued, a small group spotted the monster darting into the woods. So they ran after it and it ran away. And as it ran, it dropped something from its mouth, which was the head of a 14 year old girl. What? 
It had just made another kill, and they weren't even aware of it. Why are all these killings like young teenagers, and then like the one? The beast seems to to prefer children, women, and children. I, I don't know. Even so, beasts are pedophiles. Right. Gross. Disgusting. They're with, all beasts. With the failure of this hunt, the French government sent Jean Charles Danaval. Not sure if that's right. Uh, he is a renowned wolf hunter, and he came to replace Duhamel. Duhamel was basically unseated because he could not catch the beast throughout the entire winter. He showed up with his son. He claimed that the beast would be dead in two weeks. Okay. Now, this guy was not all hat and no cattle, as they say around these parts. He actually had successfully saved Normandy before from a threat of thousands of wolves when he was a younger man. Now, he was a, a veteran of 60 years old, and he was confident that the beast would just be another way to increase that fame he had already built. Right. The beast continued to kill. From January to March of 1765, the beast killed 29 more villagers. Jesus Christ. No one dared to leave their homes. By May, the wolf hunters had been unsuccessful, and a new surge of attacks caused the king to pull out all the stops. Basically, he was getting really frustrated, and he sent his own personal gun bearer, Francois Antoine. The beast... He sent one guy? Well, and his men. (laughs) Okay. Right, but like his own personal gun bearer, meaning like the guy that protected the king, went to... Go find the beast. So it seemed that but the beast that's what was, the beast wanted. The king exactly is unprotected, wanted, right? Then the, the king he was attacked. The next. throne, but really, the the terror was was remarkable. I mean, think of think of what it would be like if at any moment you would leave your little cottage and you could be the next victim. The beast would come out of the shadows and just rip you to shreds, right? It could happen to anybody, any of these people. And so many had died already. They all knew somebody who had been eaten, right? So it seemed that the beast was basically unstoppable, and the description that Duomel gave was that the father was a lion, and the mother was unknown. And again, it's not like a typical wolf with the tan fur and the black stripe, the giant talons, razor-sharp teeth, a short muzzle, and a tufted tail, Um, but a change of pace. In the fall of 1765, Antoine's men saw a large wolf 50 paces ahead in the forest, and Antoine fired himself and shot the animal in the eye. <laughs> the way that's written is like, he put himself in the gun, yeah. shot him out. Well, <laughs> I, I, I didn't write it that way. I just said it that way. I, I see how that comes out a little weird. Antoine himself shot the animal in the <laughs> eye. And they celebrated. They had gotten the beast. But just then, the beast got up and ran to attack Antoine. Uh... Without time to reload, another officer fired and hit the beast again. And this time it went down. I was, Wowza. I really thought you were going to be like, he hit the beast again, but the bullet bounced right off. Right. It, it seemed that way. In fact, some of the reports of people who had tried to attack the beast said that it wore almost a uh, an armor. It was armor plated. Okay. And uh, there's that that's an important factoid Ooh. there. We're going to get to that later. So, <clears throat> so once they shot the beast, they took it around to show it to the different people, the survivors, and determine if this was indeed the same animal. But this animal wasn't the same color, didn't have the black stripe, didn't have the talons, uh, because it was indeed a wolf. Uh, when they questioned the survivors of the attack, many of them did actually confirm it was the same animal. Okay. So it was taxidermied and sent to Versailles for people to come visit at the king's court. The king was very proud of this oh. and eventually started charging people so they can come and visit the Beast of Javaudon oh. now that it's been stuffed and left that, uh, in the court. That'll boost your... Your ego a bit to know yeah. you killed some like legendary beast. Oh yeah, no, that guy Antoine was was doing all right. I'm sure he was showered with fame and and fortune. Uh, and Jebodon was finally safe. The townspeople were happy. The seasons changed. There were no more attacks. It seemed like everything was good. December second, seventeen sixty five. 
Two boys were attacked in a field. They survived, but they claimed it was the beast. Weeks later, an 11-year-old girl was found eaten. The creature was described as larger than a wolf with a black stripe (gasps) down its back. Black stripe. The beast was still alive. But the French government wouldn't admit that they had shot the wrong animal Mm -hmm. and had paraded it around Versailles. So they ignored the new claims. The beast attacks continued for the next year and a half. Oh. From the summer of 17... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. In the summer of 1767, 300 villagers went on a hunt for the beast near the village of Ouvert. A large wolf leapt out and was shot by a local innkeeper named Jean Chastel. Mm-hmm. This animal had an enormous head. Its coat was red and gray, and all eyewitnesses once again confirmed that this was the beast. Side note. The story goes that to put the beast to death, Jean Chastel actually made a weapon specifically to use on such a creature, he had a special bullet made out of silver. No. Yeah. No. This is where the story comes oh, from. Oh, dude, you really got me with that twist there. <laughs> That's where the story comes from, is that to kill a wolf with a silver bullet, a werewolf with a silver bullet, comes from the Beast of Javonon. Really? Really. No. Okay. You. I gotta say, that got me. Good. I'm trying. <laughs> that I'm really real got hard. me. I was not expecting... I was like... I was thinking it was gonna be like another like just weird... Yeah, he shot creature. himself out of his gun? No. Yeah, like no. like as one does back in the day. No, this he was killed with a silver bullet, according to folklore. Chastel had hoped for national fame, but instead he became just a local folk hero. Uh, he was the beast slayer and the savior of the local villages. He did go to Paris with the stuffed animal, uh, but it wasn't really preserved very well. The king mm-hmm. didn't have it. The king ordered that he bury the rotting animal, and he refused to acknowledge that he had killed the actual beast of Javaudan. Oh, but... The townspeople were forever thankful to Jean Chastel. Between 1764 and 1767, the beast had killed over 100 people, and now it was gone forever. Okay. But oh. these things don't always button up so neatly as we think. Right. So lots of people have ideas on this, on what the beast of Javaudan could have been. Okay. If I might interject. So the silver bullet thing, um, I don't know if you said it, but... That relates to werewolves. Right. So this is the origin of werewolves, basically. Uh, it's in it's a part of it, yes. Essentially, so I want to do another episode on the Lugaroo, which is another werewolf-type creature. I've heard of that um, one. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. That one's a... It's a dang it, it's another French one. It's a French-Louisiana one, but... Okay. Yeah, so it's basically another werewolf. I can, I can tell a story on that another time. Maybe even this podcast, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's at least part of the story, is that... That's where the, the folklore of killing a werewolf with a silver bullet comes from, is that Jean okay. Chastel killed the Beast of Javaudan with a silver bullet. So I guess just over time it turned into like people turning into werewolves? And... Over, I, think, I think it's a combination of things, because okay. there's a lot of other stories, historically, of people being cursed to turn into other animals. Witch right. doctors would put hexes on people that would curse them into, like you know, skinwalker this, type the other. too. There's even a story that St. Patrick... Um, this is so interesting. <laughs> There's a story that St. Patrick visited, uh, I think it was Wales? It was some some, nor- like uh, Western European country. But uh, he visited an area where people were uh, ridiculing him because he, he was spreading Christianity through the British Isles, right? People ridiculed him. People laughed him out of, their, out of their meeting room, meeting house. The witch doctors would play jokes on him, all kinds of things. And in his humiliation, he asked that God curse those people. Oh, and in that curse, those people were transformed into wolves. And even to this day, there are stories that there are people 
that that curse has to pass to and from. Okay. And so people will become wolves for a time until they're released or until they die, depending on you know how they die. Sometimes wolves get shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, once they're gone, then two more people from that community have to be turned into wolves. Oh, that sucks. It's it's very it's very interesting stuff. But here's back to the beast of Javadom. A lot of disagreement around what this beast could have been. A lot of theories have come up in the last, call it, you know, 250 years. <laughs> and so here are some of the theories. Okay. Theory number one, the beast was just a large and particularly aggressive wolf. That's what people would pretty easily accept. Yeah. Um, um, yeah I'll just say, like, um, my my first thought as to what it, what it is, is that back in the back in the day, people didn't know, like, a lot about, or I guess they did, but like animals don't always fit perfectly into like what we perceive them to be. Like mm-hmm. wolves can have like genetic mutations or right. look really weird or breed with other species randomly. Like what if a wolf bred with like a fox and it mm-hmm. made this horrible mutated little baby creature? Yeah. I mean, you never know. Right. So, so it could have just been some kind of deranged rabid wolf. Right. But the issue with the rabies thing is that it killed for three years. They, they wouldn't have lived died, that yeah. long. Yeah. So it's it, it's possible. The other theory that's more popular and more likely, honestly, I don't like it as much, but it's more likely, is that there wasn't just one beast of Javadon, but there were several wolves that had developed a taste for human flesh. Yeah, I, I and that makes sense. And too, people like- were attacked at different by different animals, but it was just so you know, the wolf pack was so voracious that all these people were attacked and they thought it could have been one one animal. Right. Where it gets more interesting is that it wasn't a wolf at all. <gasps> but in fact, some biologists have said that eyewitness records will actually closer, they more closely describe a young male lion Ooh. than a wolf. The black stripe on the back, the tufted tail, the talons, the massive head, the short snout. Okay. Describes more like a like an African lion than it does like a wolf. But why and would an African lion be in France? A popular thing in the 18th century for French entertainment was a menagerie, menagerie, oh. whatever, however you say it. I don't know, menagerie. Like rich Dang people it. owning. Well, they would crazy travel animals. around like a circus. It was before oh, the circus, okay. but it was a menagerie where they could just see all these exotic creatures. And lions were often part of those, so okay. it's possible a lion escaped. Okay. And that is what attacked it. And it was just really hungry. And, and the reason people think that is because wolves were really common in France. Okay. And they're still really common in France, so they would have known if it was a wolf. And especially, but the fact that they okay. didn't recognize this creature in you know this rural, uh, you know, out in the sticks, the boonies of France. Right. It could have been that it's a wolf, and they were just they didn't have the money to go see the menagerie. Yeah, because like back, it could have been a lion. I mean. Yeah, because back then. Um, people don't travel or are super highly educated as to what other animals exist in the world. So like people who come up, like if by chance someone came up from Africa, saw a wolf, they'd be like demon creature, but like lions are common or like they can't afford to go see these mythical creatures. Or if people say like, Oh, I saw this thing called a lion. They're like, Oh, you're bluffing. And then one gets out. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, what the hell is this thing? It's killing people. Yeah. And it's just like a lion that's just hungry. Right. So. And and it's rare for lions to actually hunt humans, but it has happened. Yeah. There was a pair of lions called the Savo lions that developed a taste for human flesh exclusively. Oh. Um, oh. And it was, they were, they were siblings and they, they went and killed, I think almost an equal amount of people. I think it was around a hundred people they killed. The lions? The lions. So is this, 
So for lions to develop a taste like that, does it have to start like when they're cubs in a way, or like does I'm it not, just happen? I need to read up more on those lines. I don't know how that happened. Because I feel like that's but, something that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's like a trained thing. Or I like mean, it's, it's at least a learned on. thing. Like if it were wolves, right? Right. Then it could be that somebody had buried a loved one who died from you know plague or whatever. And probably not plague, the wolves wouldn't have eaten it, but somebody who died of natural causes, but they didn't bury them very well, and the wolves found the body and ate it, and that's how they would develop a taste for human flesh. Right. It's possible that it happened with the lion, too. I don't know. That, that's also a theory. Here's the one that I find most interesting as to what the beast could have been. Okay. The beast was no beast at all. You said it yourself. Mm-hmm. The greatest beast is man. Oh yeah, and the idea is—I—I I don't know how much you've—you've you've read. Have you read any of the Sherlock Holmes books? No. Okay. There's a Sherlock. I'll—I'll I'll summarize it briefly. And there's a guy who wrote an article. His name's Crispin Andrews. That uh, is how I came across this idea, which I think is brilliant. There's a, a book in the Sherlock Holmes anthology called *The Hound of the Baskervilles*, okay. and basically what it is is there's this ghostly dog that is tormenting the land around this family's mansion. Okay. Right, so there's a family. They've got a mansion. They have a lot of land, and this dog continues to to kill people at night, and it glows in the dark, and it's all really spooky. Uh, spoiler alert: the book was written like a hundred years ago, so I'm not, you know, <laughs> I don't feel bad. Spoiler alert: the dog was actually a trained animal. It was a mastiff that was painted with phosphorescent paint, oh. and the man behind it was sending this animal to kill specific people. Okay. And he would have gotten away with it, too. He would have gotten away with those meddling kids. Yeah, the the meddling Holmes and Watson, right? Yeah. That's the story. It's entirely possible that one person was behind these murders, either wearing a hide, it's possible, and killing people, murdering people, or they had an animal that they had trained in such a way that they kept very, very hungry. They gave the scent of a certain person and would send after that person. Okay. As basically an 18th century serial killer. Right, uh, which is entirely possible. The reason, the things that give this theory some credibility, uh, very few of the victims were wholly eaten. Most of them were killed, but their bodies were left. I mean, some were eaten, but most of them were killed, and their bodies were left mostly just there. So it was more of like an act of to kill the person and not right. to eat them for sustenance. Right. Many of them were killed with a what appeared to be a bite to the neck. Could oh. have also been a slash to the neck could if it were a human. a vampire? But no, probably not. Oh. It was like a crushing kind of thing. Um, Did the beasts sparkle in the sunlight? I don't believe there's any record of that. Were they very melodramatic? It, actually, kind of. Okay. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. But anyway, the, the theory is that just like in The Hound of the Baskervilles, the Beast of Javaudan was actually a, a weapon itself. And what kept it protected when people tried to attack it is that there was a boar hide that they would put on the animal itself, which also explains the odd color. Okay. And so who could have been that person? Who could have trained this animal? And who would benefit most from it? Of the people I mentioned in the story, who do you think it was? The king. No, not the king. <laughs> well, like, well, the no, th- not the, the reason king. I say the king is because he taxidermied and showed off the first one, but not the second one. Yeah, so why the, would that not be planned for him to do the first one and then the someone killings, copied it? the killings occurred a year earlier. They started a year earlier. Why would he go about killing all these people just to taxidermy this animal? Well, and then get like like notoriety that he slayed this beast. No, he the king didn't slay the beast. Antoine slayed the beast. Under the king's orders. Well, sure, but the king was already the king. Other than he was it Antoine? Anything. It was not. No. The, the person that has the most likelihood of being behind the attacks was actually 
the the werewolf killer himself, Jean Chastel. Ah, oh, Chastel. Because for a couple of reasons, Jean Chastel was a local. He was an innkeeper, right? Okay. All of these trained military men, several iterations of them, went out with the attempt of killing this beast, and none succeeded. But Jean Chastel happened to be in the right place at the right time to shoot this animal point blank. Remember, oh. 50, 50 paces. That's okay. how close he got, right? That wasn't the one that was shot in the eye. So someone else shot him in the eye first. That, and then... diff- different animal. The one that got shot in the eye first was the one that's taxidermied in Versailles. Okay, this is the second one. This is the one that is actually... Okay, no, I'm sorry. 50 paces was the first one, but this one is near the village of Auvers, Okay. which is presumed that that's where he lived, but he was it was close to a village, and he just happened to be right there, and he was the one that took the shot with the silver bullet, which also led to increasing his status as a folk hero. Okay. Right? So, so how, how does this all happen? The idea behind it is that it was a dog, a large dog, possibly, that he had outfitted with some kind of hide to protect it and also kind of mask its identity, and he would keep it half-starved but trained. And so he would be able to give the scent of whatever person he wanted it to attack, send it out to attack, because secretly he just had beef with people, right? He was just... So a, they were all like... He young was just teenagers. a murderer. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's a lot of serial killers that target young teenagers. So he's he's responsible for the first set of all the killings and the second one. Well, it was the same animal. The animal that Antoine shot was just a wolf, supposedly. Okay, because I know they said some of the victims thought it was, but yeah. they still had it like on display that they killed it. Right. And the, the killings That's the thing. kept the victims, happening. The victims, the survivors that confirmed it, might have just been hopeful. They might have just wanted the killing to stop. And was he part of that initial party that... No, did... he wasn't one of the survivors of the attacks. He was never attacked. No, no, no. no. I'm saying, like, is, was he... I, I'm just trying to remember all the details. So, like, whenever it started, all these killings happened. Mm-hmm. They shoot this thing that, that that ends up being more of a wolf than the beast. Was he part of that team, those, that group of people no. that shot it originally? Not. There's no record of him being part of that group. Okay, so that makes more sense. Yeah. That, does, that does lead me to believe that he could have been the cause right. of all of them... Until, I guess, he was done beefing with people and was like, I want to be famous. So looking at serial killer psychology, right? Mm -hmm. He had gotten all of France to the point that they were terrified of this beast. This beast that was in his control. Oh, that's power. Which is power. It's exactly like if he were killing these people himself, Mm -hmm. right? And all of France was so scared and they were sending all of these people, these mighty men, right, so to speak. And none of them could could succeed because he was the one in control of the beast, Mm -hmm. right? When they thought they succeeded and got another animal, and the king accepted that and showed all of France that this was the animal, he had nothing He had nothing left. He didn't have any power anymore. France had calmed down. Even Javaudan had calmed ah. down. So he started killing again. And when he started killing again, his goal was so that he could be the hero. So he killed until he got to the point where he could take out his own beast, got it. bring it to the king, and say, look, I'm the guy. And the king said no. But which, which drove oh, him insane. So then what happened? I don't know. There's nothing See, more to the story. Because after that, I would think if he didn't... Well, I guess if he's a local hero... He, he became a so local I guess hero. At so that he kind point, of, that probably pacified he him. He didn't have to do all these killings to but, get that power. He just right. had the power and the notoriety without right. doing the killings. He accomplished his mission. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Because, like... um. I don't want to turn this into like a true a true crime podcast, even it's, though I have contemplated doing true crime. It's kind. Of, this is kind of true crime because like because well, like I listen to a lot of true crime and I've learned a lot about like serial killer psychology, mm-hmm. um, and like their motivations behind it. And it's such a, a interesting field 
because there's like all those there's the mentions of people who are like who do killings because of like they get like sexual satisfaction for it or they right. have like the this unbreakable this undeniable urge that they at try to suppress in small ways until eventually just builds up and progresses or they have no plans to kill people. And then once they kill their first person, they get like the high from it rather than feeling like incredible, like shock. Mm -hmm. They get like this, like they call it like the killer's high Mm -hmm. and they go on like a killing spree. And that's the serial killers that kill like every single day, back to back to back because they want to continue that high. Mm Mm-hmm. If they do it for, like, other reasons, like, sexual reasons or, like, they enjoy, like, the hunt of it and it's more, like, spread out, like, over a month or over a year. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll kill once to kind of, like, cool down that urge for, like, a year. And then once that builds up again, they'll go out and plan and try it again. So that does kind of show yeah, that it, he had those tendencies to get tracks. some kind that he viewed killing people not as like murdering, but as a way to achieve what he wanted. And he was just doing that by any means he necessary. Right. And so Jean Chastel actually ended up doing okay for himself because he became a hero to all the people, the people of his local villages in France. He became the inspiration behind vampire or, uh, werewolf killers, right. Mm-hmm. And beast slayers and all, all of these things. So he, he really, ended up okay and i think that's part of why the killings seem to stop and javadon was at peace after that right but that's another theory again maybe true maybe not but it's entirely possible that there was more more to the story than what we know right and maybe it's maybe that's for the best maybe if we had all the answers it wouldn't be quite so uh, mysterious and we wouldn't be able to call it a cryptid Doodly, 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 doodly. And that's why it'll be a mystery. A mystery. And that's why I, the dogs and the moon with silver. Yep. I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a really interesting. I, so, th- I think that was a, a killer first cryptid episode. I, I'm glad because I got more of these coming. It's like and... you sold the twist there. Like you said, like the silver thing. I was like, oh. That Damn wasn't it. even the twist. I, I know, but like, I was like, holy, sh-. I was like, holy shit, this is a werewolf thing. I literally wrote in there, like, side note, because I was like, oh, this would be interesting. So that wasn't even the twist, but I'm glad it landed. It still got me. I was like, oh my god, this is like a whole werewolf like origin story. So it, it kind of is. So now you, dear listener, it's time for you to decide for yourself and for the people of Javadon and for justice. Who was the beast? Was it a wolf? Was it many wolves? Was it a lion? Was it Jean Chastel? And his rabid dog. Or was it all of them together? Or was it all of them in cahoots? And to steal the diamond. They wanted to steal the lucky charms. They're always after the lucky charms. (laughs) But yeah, that's the first episode of Cryptids. Uh, Do you want to come up with a clever name for it? Just call it Cryptids. I don't know. Cryptudes. Cryptudes? Well, Cryptids is good. I mean, good, good SEO. Yeah, I just <laughs> right. Yeah, I just feel like that. It's just a series. We're not naming a new podcast here, yeah, but uh, I'm going to do this. So we're going to alternate. Right, Nick's going to take next week, and I'll do the week after that. And I think I'm just going to continue on this cryptid line for a while until I run out of interesting things. And so, if you've got any recommendations for cryptids, don't go crazy here. Uh, I got one. Dong man. Dong man. I Dong know. Man. Don't go crazy here, folks. There's a lot of random crap out there. But <laughs> if you've got one that has any kind of verifiable sightings um, or potential evidence 
that's the kind of stuff I'm going to be talking about. So um, I'm excited. I'll give you, um, I listened to the Chaluminati podcast, which is like one of the bigger like podcasts. The, they're the big boys can like that do kind of exactly what we do. They're, yeah. We're, we're the little, we're the little brother. Yeah. Pretty much. L- little second cousin. Maybe. Yes. Uh, and so what, uh, one of their members does is he does cryptids as well. And he's dang at, it. He, no, I didn't know somebody took the idea. No, they, they, they don't do it very often. Cancel just, it. Can't they, delete this episode. No, We're not doing it. They occasionally do a cryptid because it's a thing, but he, the most recent one they did was they're covering in like uh, international cryptids, like from other mm-hmm. countries. So, and ones I've never even heard of. So yeah, those I've ones got, I cool. got some of those too. Oh, well, you're the oh, you know what you're the expert. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if I'm know the nothing. expert. But. I don't look nothing. I don't look up anything about cryptids because, um, it's just not. I like the big mind blowing world ending style ones, which right. is my well, that's my forte. Um, so hey, you got well, you got cryptids. I'm here to be well, shocked because you you know my story, right? You know why I'm like into animals that people think don't exist. No, because I saw something. Um, it wasn't a big thing, but I did see time. something. Yeah. So tune in next time. No, I'll, I'll just, we got, we got time. Okay. No, I was in the Amazon rainforest, right? Place of, of much activity, many animals, a lot of different species that are undiscovered. Um, we had hiked in to our campsite and it was so hot, so sweaty, miserable, but, uh, but we made it. So it was t- finally time to just relax, put the stuff down and just, enjoy being in the rainforest it's like walking in the woods but everything it's like it's like being in honey i shrunk the kids actually like it's the woods but everything's like way bigger than you um and everything's really noisy so i I had to nature called right i had to go take a leak uh there were there were women in our party so i went off the away from the campsite a good ways you know through the trees through the jungle the vines the ferns whatever um until it was basically just me and this was a magical moment honestly it was just me just hearing the sounds of the jungle I didn't see anybody. It was just by myself, and it was great. So I'm doing my thing, right? And I look to my left, and I see the sun reflecting off of something that's... It looks like spider silk. It's just kind of hovering uh, next to me, and the sun just glints it just slightly. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Like, you know, spider silk. There's a lot of spiders here. Uh, but it moved in um, a very unnatural way. Like, uh, it flapped. Like, it, it, the silk itself... What looked to be like white, thin spider silk, it flapped its wings and looked like a butterfly. Uh, yeah, this really happened. And so uh, it flew and it flew and it flew away into the sun, and I, I couldn't see it again after that. But it looked to me like a, a very large but white butterfly that is very just lined out and the wings are clear. Okay, well, at least you saw something that looked somewhat pleasant. It, it, was, like it was very like, pleasant. Oh, dude, it was it was That like, wasn't like some like gnarled, like little creature, like... Oh. Yeah, uh, like gnarled against you. It wasn't uh, a gremlin or something, like, right? Yeah, no, but it, it that that's something I really did see in real life, and I've been trying to figure out what the heck that could have been. There are butterflies with clear wings, but they're black, and this was white, okay. so maybe it was an albino butterfly of that species. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting, but it it was like it was really really fascinating, and ever since then I'm like, what could that animal have been? I don't know. How many other animals are out there that people have no idea what they are? That maybe we'll find out. The giant squid, as an example. Right? right like supposedly didn't exist and well what do you know yeah, it you does know? so that's why i like the cryptid stuff so um well, that's, that's my story amazing i guess all right well um uh, i am looking forward to the next one and um as always 
You all can check us out on uh, Twitter at Zeitgeist Podcast or email us at thezeitgeistpod at gmail.com. Read us five stars on all the platforms. Please. Uh, tell us you love us. Uh, tell us you'll uh, give us lots of money because then we can do this regularly. We can quit our jobs and all move into a mansion and just record podcasts and make TikToks. That'd be and, great. And then uh, meet Logan Paul and then uh, have a fallout, have to make apology videos, and then kind of get canceled and then uh, retire alone. Yep. I, th- I think that sounds like a good plan. So, sounds uh, great. If you want that for us, then please rate five stars on every platform and uh, contribute to our Patreon. I don't know if we have a Patreon. No, we not, don't. But, yeah, but. but you can ju- just just give us a five star. Patreon comes later if we get more popular because yeah. then you can get extra content. Yeah, then, then, we'll, then we'll give you more stories. Yes. Because these stories are just riveting, I know. But that's what we got. Uh, until the next cryptid episode, um, we're going to go back to the usual format. So thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.